The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Thursday, October 24th. Welcome to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown. I'm Tanner Lee along with Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. What is going on tonight, guys? Not much. How about you? Living the dream or, (laughs) I don't know, something like that. Some would call it a dream. Some might call it a nightmare. I'm still looking for a definition, but... uh, (laughs) But we're pretty close to another Boiler game day against a rival. Yes, Illinois yes, is a Purdue rival, even though some people might not consider it. Uh, they're one of their three rivalry game trophies It's for the Battle of the Cannon, which Purdue owns. And even going back to when the Big Ten was only 11 teams, Illinois was one of Purdue's protected rivals along with Northwestern and Indiana. So long history between these two programs. That we'll get in. But uh, first... We will recap the Purdue-Iowa game, which saw Purdue go up to Kinnick. Really battle really well for majority of the game. Fall a little short, 26-20. I wish Purdue could have a do-over in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. And maybe uh, maybe a, a, a call here and there maybe also could have helped. <laughs> yeah, and I was uh, talking with Evan before we started recording. I was looking at the stats, and really, it came down to those two turnovers mm-hmm. uh, Purdue had, and, and I still don't believe that Amon Anderson fumbled. I think he was down, but they just couldn't find an angle that clearly showed that 100%. So, yeah. uh, that was a tough break. And then on Jack Plummer's interception in the third quarter, which he really struggled in the third overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. If he puts that ball on the money, that might be a touchdown to David Bell, and he yeah. just underthrew him really bad, put too much air under it. So, mm. but uh, Cactus Jack Plummer had a <laughs> a day of 30 completions on 50 attempts for 327 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, as I just kind of mentioned. Became the first Purdue freshman to th- uh, have 300 or more passing yards back-to-back week six. Mark Herman, always good company to be wow. in. Uh, but uh, so the passing game was there for majority of the day. Of course, David Bell just went off. He's so smooth. Again. He's a stud. Je- Jeff Brom compared him to a young Jerry Rice, which is like, whoa, coach, <laughs> let's, let's pump, pump the brakes a little bit. But uh, 13 receptions for 197 yards and a touchdown. That's a new Purdue record for a freshman wide receiver and eighth all-time in school history for receiving yards in a game. So uh, back-to-back weeks now, he's got Big Ten Freshman of the Week, and he's uh, along with Corey Trice and George Karloftis are all three on the – mid-season freshman All-American watch list. So, guys are starting to get noticed a little bit. Yeah, I mean. Bound to happen when you. Been playing yeah, really well. bound to happen when you get the, what, 20, 25 true freshmen or something like that play every week, and you've got studs coming in like David Bell and Milton Wright and Corey Trice. So, it's, uh, it's exciting. George Carter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I keep saying it, but I want to see number three and number four on the field at the same time. Yeah. Because when we did early on in the season, David really wasn't playing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we, ha- we haven't seen them both out there a ton because 
man, it's, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but just it's hard not to get excited even looking into next year with all the passing options. It's just it's a fun time to watch Purdue offense, except the running game, mm-hmm. which only had yeah. uh, 33 rushing yards <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, story of the year. Just haven't gotten it going. Um, not sure if it's a line issue, you know, running back issue, just not finding the holes, if there are any holes. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just been kind of what it is what it is at this point. Yeah, we had three guys carry the football at Iowa. And um, let's see here. That was Kinda Rue had 10 attempts for 26 yards. Jack Plummer, seven attempts for four yards, which – Jeff Brom said he wants to see him run the ball more. And Richie Worship had one carry for three yards. It was nice to see Richie get his first carry since the Northwestern game in 2017, although he is really sore the week after, and it was announced today he is not playing this weekend against Mm Illinois. Too bad. Too bad. Bummer, yeah. Yeah, but I can imagine not playing that long. You're probably pretty banged (sighs) up. Why why we're on the injury topic, Jared Sparks re-injured himself. He is out again this weekend. He was mad, too. When he got, you can tell when he got injured, he was just frustrated, just the fact that it happened again. He had three receptions for 17 yards. Um, uh, Cornell Jones is going to be a game-time decision. Um, and it looks like Anthony Watts is a go. And Jalen Graham will be a game-time decision. And Jeff Brom said Rondell Moore is uh, – he said no, he will probably not go. But it's like, wait, what? Probably not. Like <laughs> probably. He, hasn't, he hasn't practiced at all. So uh, does, does Rondell need to practice though? Probably not. But I, I'm still sticking to next week. I've been saying Nebraska for a while. If it's not Nebraska, I'm kind of thinking along the lines of Webby over here. Let maybe Wisconsin, but that's yeah. that's a ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then we'll uh, talk <clears throat> about uh, Nick Sipe here in a little bit. There's some news about the redshirt sophomore quarterback. Um, for Purdue, but uh, I thought Bryson Hopkins played a pretty good game. Five catches for 51 yards. Lon Anderson had two receptions for 32 yards. George Karloftis had another sack. Uh, Mosley had an interception, so I thought the defense played pretty well. Yeah, really. I, I was yeah. really happy with the run defense. I mean, Iowa only had 102 rushing yards. Um, I would have got to think going in. I mean, Iowa was gonna was gonna control the line of scrimmage. I mean, defense on the defensive side, Purdue's offensive line, yeah, they dominated. But uh, I felt like Purdue's defensive line held their own um, and did pretty well to keep the running game in check from Iowa. I did too, and uh, Nate Stanley didn't throw any touchdowns. He did have one interception. I thought Purdue's defense did a good job of mm-hmm. bending but not breaking all day and and holding mm-hmm. Iowa to field goals. I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah. 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 I, pretty happy. Defense has really, I think, kind of turned a corner since that, what, second quarter or second half of Penn State, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Was it like five touchdowns in ten quarters, something like that? I think it's there's a stat like that. So, yeah, compared to what, the, what we were seeing at Nevada and even against, you know, TCU, it's been, it's been pretty awesome to see them kind of finally start clicking. Yeah, it really has. And uh, did you guys notice that Purdue used three different punters on Saturday? I read that. Yeah, I read that. Yep. Very um, interesting. Brooks Cormier, of course, is the is the punter, the true freshman with the biggest leg. So he's out there usually the most. Zach Collins, sophomore, is the rugby punter. And junior, uh, Danny uh, Corallo, who's also a quarterback, he's the pooch punter. So, um, yeah, kind of interesting. You don't see that every day. <clears throat> no. And we still have not seen a fake out of the special teams. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's coming this weekend. But but uh, with this weekend's forecast being 100% rain and a high of 52, <laughs> maybe a wet conditions aren't the best time to try. Nope. Fake it's going to be Wisconsin. It's going to be when Purdue comes out and punches them in the mouth and, uh, and they get they get a turnover and Purdue's about to punt and then nope, there it is. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. Any other thoughts on the Iowa game before I? It's been it's five days ago now, so it's hard to yeah. even remember really. But uh, any any other thoughts before we get into talking about Illinois a little bit? Yeah, I remember going into the game that I was gonna. I feel like I was gonna be okay with us losing the game just because I knew you know I was ranked. They a good team, but then 
we had to go and give ourselves a shot, and I found myself getting a little pissed off that we were losing. I'm like, man, we could have had that game. It was kind of <laughs> – So it's frustrating. I feel like it was almost a best-case scenario. I mean, the defense played well. Besides, yeah, but besides that really bad interception that mm-hmm. Ahmad Anderson, will say, fumble, I don't know. I, didn't, I agree. I didn't think it was hard to tell. You couldn't see him at all, and I was kind of like forward, forward progress. seemed like it was stopped as well and could have been blown. Yeah. Uh, the refs missed four progress like on a couple yeah, different calls too. So at least they, they were consistently yeah. crappy. Not just the refs team. also um, threw Purdue a huge bone though when um, oh, yes, they Anthony did. Watts Very definitely was offsides. They called false start. He was. <laughs> and a crucial point too. Um what do you guys think of Brahms' uh decision to onside punt? Or sorry, onside kick. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm tired. Um, um onside kick. Uh well. I wasn't, we got the ball back one more time after that. I wasn't real upset with it, but looking back, your defense has played pretty mm-hmm. well. I mm-hmm. mean, give them some confidence. That was my you know, thought. Have some trust and confidence in them. But in, in the onside kick, wasn't, it was an awful attempt. It was terrible. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was even terrible. though he kicked it left-footed, if you notice, he didn't even try to kick it with his right foot. He kicked it left. He, so uh, he tried no, to put some trickery, but it was just horrible execution. Yeah. I, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I could have. I probably would have. Looking back, definitely. And at the time, I was kind of like, eh, 50-50. I don't really care. I see both sides. But, yeah. I I was upset at the time. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> it just is nice to start finally getting some guys back from injury. It's, start, it's nice to yes. start finally getting healthy a little bit. But still a long ways to go. But uh, Still missing those well, big four guys. Yeah, and uh, but it was interesting. Jeff Brom, for the first time all year, at least in his uh, – Monday weekly press conference when speaking about Lorenzo Neal said he didn't think he'd be out for the year. He has not said that at all yeah. up to this point. And all of a sudden he uh-huh. said it. And then I believe it was um, Golden Black who said that Lorenzo was the most active um, with his conditioning that they've seen all year the other day. So maybe he's huh. getting close. Hope so. Hope he's been. I mean, I'm sure he's been working out, and, I mean, obviously, even if he's working out for the NFL draft, I mean, I hope he's in pretty good shape. I mean, yeah, he's got to get in game shape and game conditioning, but. And even if it's just for the last three or four games, if Purdue's still got a chance to make a bowl, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's – I got to think Purdue's probably going to be favored in their next – at least two of their next three games, um, I would think, as of right now. But uh, I think I think the ESPN win percentage has – 75% for this weekend, 56 for Nebraska, and 51 for the Northwestern game. So, uh, yeah. So, um, and Purdue's got an opportunity here to get on a little run. But it all starts Saturday against the Illinois Fighting Illini, who took the nation by storm with arguably college football's biggest upset, upset to date of the year. They were 31-point underdogs to Wisconsin, who had the number one defense in the nation. And... Illinois' defense forced Wisconsin into three or four turnovers, and Illinois had close to 200 rushing yards on the yeah. Illinois, or on a Wisconsin defense that hadn't gave up anything. And I predicted Wisconsin to pitch their fifth shutout <laughs> of the season, so you're welcome, Illinois. You did. Uh, it was interesting, you know, how far this goes to save Lovey Smith's job. I still think maybe he needs one more win, but they do play Rutgers still, so that he'll probably get one more. Mm. But this probably helps this case. But uh, Purdue's got to be aware, aware of Reggie Corbin. He's a good running back. I think he had 86 yards on Saturday against Wisconsin, but he came up with some big runs when they needed. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the thing. They they never put together, like, continuous drives against Wisconsin. It was just big plays here and there and hmm. so Purdue's gonna have to force them into making continuous drives and take away those big plays um because which we haven't been great at this year we'll hey, just throw that out there <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't too many big plays last week at Iowa I mean no but also Iowa's not, not a real explosive Ferentz is, is such offense, yeah Ferentz is very predictable I would say Ferentz is predictable but then, I, then again at the very end I know I texted you guys that they were throwing the ball when it didn't need to be I was like what the heck are they doing like just run the ball they're scared they're but, scared of Purdue's yeah. defensive line they're them stuffing yeah. them all night Freaking Ferentz. I'm not personally scared of Brandon Peters. I don't think he's a very accurate no. quarterback. Now I just said that he's going to throw for 300. But, <laughs> uh, I I mean I think Stanley's a lot better uh, a lot better than uh, than he is. And Stanley didn't and Purdue did a good job keeping Stanley in check. So uh, we'll see. I I don't know. Um, <clears throat> 
and Illinois' defense, I believe, either leads the Big Ten or is second in the Big Ten in turnovers. Which yes, they force a lot yeah. of turnovers. They're like, I want to say they're top ten in the nation, mm-hmm. if not higher than that. They run that Tampa two defense, so mm-hmm. which, Love which Tampa is good for Purdue's passing game. But once again, it's going to be supposed to be rainy weather. I don't know how that's going to affect that, but a Tampa two defense gives your defensive backs a lot of room to roam. But that should mm-hmm. create a lot of openings for Purdue's wide receivers, aka mm-hmm. David Bell. Yeah, they, get open. Yes. Those, those slants. Ah, he's gonna just. Own the middle of the field again. Just David Bell across the middle. So smooth. Nine yards and then make somebody miss and turn it into like 15. Yeah. He's so smooth. I, where, I where, does, uh, where does that 31-point underdog win for Illinois? Like, where does that rank in, I don't know, recent college football upsets? Like, was that like, – we talked about this, like Appalachian State, Michigan. Well, I, I know in the Big Ten it was the biggest point differential win since 1982. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know nationally. I, I don't know. What, but what was, the Big Ten, uh, it goes clear back to 82. What was the Purdue-Ohio State line last year? I know it wasn't 31, but. 13, maybe? Okay. 17? Yeah, I, I was thinking, I was guessing like 16 or something. Yeah, yeah. It was big. I'm just, I'm just throwing that off the top of my head. Um, but Purdue dominated. You know, you know I brought up the Stanford-USC one a couple weeks ago. They were like 41-point mm-hmm. dogs yeah. that one time. But, yeah, I didn't see this coming out of Illinois. I did say I thought nope. Illinois would cover the spread Just last week in our picks, but I did pick them to win. <laughs> I think that was more so because the spread was so huge. <laughs> yeah, by, you're right. Went by four-plus it was, it was, yeah. It, and I think the spread when we – no, I think it was 31. I was going to say I think it was 28. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't remember being 30. I knew it was. Yeah, but, but the Illinois and Purdue have a long history together, of course. Uh, did you guys know this series is tied? No. 44, 44, and 6. So somebody's breaking the tie on Saturday. Uh, in West Lafayette, Illinois has the all-time lead, 22, 21, and 4, which hmm. I found interesting. Hmm. Uh, last meeting was last year. Purdue won 46 to 7 at Illinois. Purdue has won three straight against Illinois and 11 out of the last 14 meetings. Um Purdue leads the Cannon series, though overall 36, 29, and two. So, That's all that matters. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. we got the Cannon. Um, we're looking at it. Um, it. It's just interesting because, you know, I really enjoy beating Illinois in basketball. That could be because one of our good friends is a big Illinois fan. Is he? Is um, he? Is he still a Illinois fan? I am so confused. Says he is for basketball, okay. not football. Even though I swear I heard the sound of him jumping back on the bandwagon. <laughs> I swear I heard. But when it comes to Illinois football, like it's just interesting because they are one of Purdue's rivals. But you know, when I think about Purdue's rivals for football, I think Indiana and Notre Dame. Even though Purdue hasn't played yeah. Notre Dame since 2014, so I guess I got to start thinking Illinois is a a rival. But they rarely have both been good against each other. They're either right. mediocre or both bad. I mean, when was the last time? Illinois would. I mean, like, I remember during, like, the Hazel years going to a game that was, like, the most miserable football game I've ever been to. It was, like, zero degrees. I remember StubHub tickets were, like, 50 cents. It was Illinois. I don't know. What was that, like, 2014 Illinois or something? Illinois destroyed us. That was 2013 senior day. It was yeah. one of Beckman's only wins. Uh-huh. I mean, in Purdue, oh, like, yep. that, was the most, that was the most brutal football game I've ever seen. Yeah, I, ha- I remember um, – the Cactus Cup's not agreeing with me that morning. <laughs> that game. And then Purdue's performance didn't help matters. I mean, but both teams were just atrocious. Yeah, Hazel could beat Illinois on the road. He won there <laughs> twice. He could. He has more wins in, uh, in Champaign than Paul Chris does. Ooh, good stuff there, <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, Illinois definitely had his number at home. And then Danny Hope always did pretty well against Illinois. I think he was 3-1 and one against them. I'm pretty sure. Because he beat Illinois in 2011 when Illinois was ranked 25th and they came in and Caleb Turbush probably had his best game in a Purdue uniform that game. So. Was that when they went to the Rose Bowl? Was no, that the... they went to the Rose Bowl in 07. Oh, when, wow. Okay, never mind. They went 9-3 that year with Rashard Mendenhall and Juice Williams. and they, They've really been good. In the past 20 years, they were good in 07, and then I want to say it was 01 or 02, they went to the Sugar Bowl with Kirk Kittner. Mm. So, but besides that, they haven't been that great. Mm-hmm. But would definitely like to beat them, of course, and keep the cannon and uh, go three and five. 
I mean, if Purdue wants to make a bowl, I, I feel like I said this about Maryland two weeks ago, but <laughs> they have to win this game yeah. Saturday. And they're nine-point favorites, which kind of surprised me. So, yeah, that was really surprising, especially. I, I think that's just yeah. – uh, is that where it opened to? Or did, it's even gone up or so. Um, maybe I was wrong. But, I mean, I think that's more to show that nobody really thinks that Illinois win over Wisconsin more than just a fluke. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those fluke games where Wisconsin probably overlooked them looking at their matchup against Ohio State. State and Horseshoe. And then you cough up the ball three or four times, anything can happen. Yep. I mean, yep. but, uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. And it was a nice move of Illinois to play jump around. Oh, man, yeah, they, were, they were trolling. I was wondering, like, do you think that was on purpose? Do you think someone was just so oblivious, just wanted to play something fun, that they just picked that song and didn't know? Because both are awesome. If it ha- if either one happened, if it was a tro- complete troll job or just someone was just so oblivious, they had no they, idea. Oh, I, should, I was wondering I should, that. I gotta think it was on purpose. I think it was. Yeah. Illinois, like the Illinois football Twitter, tweeted out like a video. I don't know if you guys saw. Like I sent a yeah. dog jumping, plant to jump around. Yeah, I yeah. think it was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Either way, like you said, Evan, it's it's pretty uh, magnificent. Oh yeah, that was so, great. So. Uh, overall feelings going into this game, I guess, before we uh, move on to our next topic i i felt really good beginning of the week and now as we get closer i'm not feeling all that great <laughs> i'm feeling worse about it i don't know i, I, I don't, they're athletic they're athletic i know that athletic. um and they, they they make you turn the ball over which with a freshman quarterback it makes me a little nervous um but i still think we get it done i i think i feel pretty good i think uh i think purdue's offensive line has improved or they patched it together or schemed enough that unless they're unless they're going up against like an elite off defensive line like Penn State or even Epineza, is that what is Epineza from yeah. Iowa? He's a beast. Um, he's a scary. Yeah, dude. he's pretty good. I know he's he looked like good. until that game, and he's he's yeah. scary. Unless they're going up against someone like that, that I feel like the offensive line is going to do okay to give Plummer enough time, and I think he's he's matured a lot and he's improved a lot the last few weeks when he's got time, and plus David Bell kind of coming into his own and Hopkins emerging. I think Plummer will be have enough time to make good decisions and Brom I think has done a really good job of off on the offensive play calls most of the time so I feel pretty good Lovey well, Smith has not beat Purdue um, last time he <coughs> played Illinois at home that was the game David Bell broke his ankle and then Sindelar came in and took David over. Bell did Blau. David Blau thank you Blau wow I was I said that with confidence I was like David Bell broke his ankle I was I like, high school? Like, the, yeah. I had the David B, right? But uh, David Blau uh, broke his ankle and Sinalar took over. They did release our uniform combinations. Did you guys see those? Mm-hmm. Black, black, and gold, or chrome lids. That's always a clean look. I like that. So, mm-hmm. um, should be should be good. So, I uh, got some visitors you guys know, coming this weekend. Do you guys know Illinois is also our closest in, in geography-wise is our closest Yep. Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's closer than Bloomington. Yep. Yep. yep the boy, smells better, too. The boys, will, um, when, they, when they go over there, they usually stop at the Beef House. So. Hmm. If you've never been there, yeah. I recommend it. Oh. I think I might have. I'm recording this from Champagne, too. If well, well you, should go on your, you should go on your way home, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I recommend it. And, I mean, don't eat before. <laughs> and be ready to, like, unbutton your button on your pants it's actually it's for whatever reason i like to come to champagne the week before after the period because last year i had to come to champagne it was right after we beat them at for their homecoming and this week i'm here the week before and gotta rock the purdue gear while i'm out yeah, it's the crowd it's an almost sold out game uh now will that come to fruition i don't know because of the yeah. forecast 100 yeah. percent rain high of 52 that might hurt a little bit but it's a great sign that Purdue's two and five and is close to selling out a game against a team that's three and four. Absolutely, I think yeah, people are still believing, and I think it's also Family Day too. It I, think, is. I think it's the the theme, so it's always a, a, a good time to see all the families come out. So, yep, got some good recruits coming in. Uh, Malik Carr's mm-hmm. coming back, even though he's already committed. He's coming back. He's brought his, uh, he's brought some teammates with him, some high school teammates, in mm-hmm. a few times, which is good. Some good yeah. ones. Got a big recruit I wanted to hit on visiting this weekend. Uh, corner, a uh, quarterback from Texas, Malik Hornsby. He was previously committed to the University of North Carolina. He's a four-star uh, dual-threat cor- quarterback. I want to say corner. Quarterback. <laughs> uh, he's the sixth-ranked QB, dual-threat QB in the country. And he's not going to announce his commitment until the Army 
All-American Bowl, which David Bell did last year, Rondell Moore the year before. But his final three looks like it's going to be Maryland, Purdue, and Oregon. And probably a final two of Oregon and Purdue because he said Maryland's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I read that. I was like, someone don't tell him. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's coming on Saturday when it's miserable. So, yeah. It's cold in Oregon too, right? I mean, north. So, yeah, rains in Pacific Northwest, it rains all the time. They so. got the flash uniforms. We got plain time. They have the flash uniforms. We have the flash floods. So I mean, it's he's, cool. coming from, he's coming from Texas. <laughs> Everywhere is going to be cold. Like, exactly. Yeah. So. Anywhere he goes is going to be cold. But I thought it was interesting, you know, before the Nick Sype news came out, I'm thinking, why are we recruiting another quarterback for the class of 2020? Like, is somebody leaving? And I know we had speculated kind of in our text message that Sype might be leaving for playing time reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, it came out this week that he's decided to retire from football due to ongoing back injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil, Phil, for the kid, he only threw one pass in his career. That was at the Music City Bowl, I believe. Last year, he completed it for like three yards. <laughs> and he darn near had to play as an emergency quarterback two years ago as a true freshman mm-hmm. when Elijah Sindelar was yeah, ACL and true. nobody really knew and about it. He darn near was the quarterback going into the Iowa matchup. And Sindelar gave it a go, and the rest is history. But he was a Daryl Hazel recruit. Um, but uh, too bad for him. But he's got to finish his academic career on an academic scholarship, which is good. And that good. opened up the door to probably get another quarterback just from a number standpoint mm-hmm. because uh, <clears throat> assuming Elijah Sindelar doesn't come back next year, Jack Plummer and Paul uh, Pafari are your only two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as a dual threat, I think you can play him right away. You can play two mm-hmm. quarterbacks, one to more be a dual threat and one to be an actual pocket passer. So. He's he's big. He's like 6'5", too, isn't he? Isn't he tall? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and he's offered by everybody. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. Auburn, you, Michigan, you name it. He's offered. He's six three one six three one eighty. Okay, but rivals. I thought I read somewhere he was like six five. I thought. Uh, but Andrew, uh, Evan, and I kind of talked about this earlier, and I want your opinion. When Jeff Rom looks at quarterbacks, I feel like he always is looking for competition, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sold that he's sold on Plummer being the guy for sure for the next three years i don't know i think i think he i don't know I've, I've i like Plummer. i mean i think i think he's got potential and i think i think it's just competition when you got a guy like hornsby who's that talented and athletic who's interested you're like all right we might might only have you kind of want to have i think what four or five scholarship quarterbacks you may you're going from five to three maybe um You've got room for it, and I think it's like you get an opportunity for a player like that. I think go for it. Oh, and Purdue really hasn't had a quarterback like that since Justin Siller, mm-hmm. who we barely got to see due to him losing his sophomore year due to academic issues, plagiarism, whatever it was, and then he came back as a wide receiver. Yep. So um, we never really got to see. And that's kind of the other thing with – I mean, I, obviously like, – Everybody thinks Hornsby's a great quarterback. I mean, he's a really good athlete, and if he's not, I mean, you probably can find a spot for him somewhere else on the field if it really comes to that. I mean, he's just a really good athlete. Well, and Purdue's, it sounds like, in good shape so far for the uh, quarterback from um, Lawrence North. Lawrence North in 2021, who's a four-star. So, uh, you know, it's it's getting tough because you you can't take them all. Yeah. but It's exciting. It's better than the alternative. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, uh, Purdue should get some good news from Bryce Austin, defense tackle for Michigan tomorrow, uh, for seeing a just, I don't know, shocker. They're going to get some good news out of him, which he's a good three-star defensive tackle. Uh, I would think Jeff Brom's probably going to close this class in on another top 25 class at this rate. Yeah. I mean, he's – I thought we were done, you know, a couple <laughs> months ago, aside from, like, Carr and Austin and all, all these other – People are coming out. Names are coming out. You know, we're looking at junior co- JUCO transfers. You know, senior year transfers. So it's be interesting to see what, and which probably means they're probably anticipating some departures, whether that's older players or even maybe some of the newer players. If they're not happy with their effort they're putting in, who knows? But well, we'll find out. It's interesting you brought the grad transfer because you even mentioned last week on the podcast about how we had two offensive line commitments under Hazel that left. Mm-hmm. One of them's. Look, probably got to leave Stanford as a grad transfer. Uh, 
Dylan Powell. How wild would that be? And, and he can play guard or center. So yeah, if Purdue doesn't. I mean, they might not get him, but it looks it sounds like they're gonna at least be uh, in uh, in line and try to get him. So yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> end up there at least for a year. And you gotta think. Braun might try to tap into the Western Kentucky pool one more time, even though I wouldn't think he has too many players left there that he recruited. Yeah. Um, I'm sure their fans hate us. I mean, we get their coach, and then we get their best player every single year. McCollum. Uh, then last year we got um, – was an offensive lineman, Edwards, right? Yeah, Edwards. Edwards. lineman, and then we got uh, Ben Holt. I'm sure they're like, damn Purdue. Like, I'm sure they just hate us, but it's okay. It's okay. Well, that's they can a, go drive that's, nice Corvettes yeah, and Corvette country. That's, that's, the, that's the rule, though. That's the grad transfer rule. I mean, if it wasn't Purdue, they'd probably be, I mean, maybe they'd be Louisville. Yeah, they'd be going yeah, somewhere I mean, else. They'd be, somewhere, be, they'd be going somewhere else if they could. Exactly. I got one more football note here I, I forgot to mention earlier. I thought this was interesting. Golden Black came out with an article about the snap count for fr- true freshmen. And George <clears throat> Karloftis has played seven games, total of 472 snaps. Jalen Graham, seven games, 410 snaps. David Bell, seven games, 385 snaps. Keen DeRue, seven games, 290 snaps. Milton Wright, six games, 175 snaps. Kim Allen, six games, 106 snaps. Those are the only true freshmen that cannot be redshirted at this point. You have uh, Kalai Saunders, who's played two games, 25 snaps. Uh, The John Hewitt, uh, two games, 19 snaps. T.J. Sheffield, two games, 18 snaps. Marvin Grant, who will be registered to do his injury. One game, 12 snaps. Kyle Billadell, two games, three snaps. And, oh, Brooks Cormier also has been in six games, and they all have a snap count for him. So a handful of true freshmen that have played, but a lot of them can still register mm-hmm. if Purdue decides to do so. What I think is a really good idea with this new rule is, you know, getting a chance for them actually to play and see what you got and get them some experience while still giving them an extra year. I think it's, it's just good for everybody involved. Well, and Jeff Brom even said this week, uh, Purdue might not be done debuting uh, true freshman Cam Craig is probably the next guy in line. Um, hmm. And then uh, Stephen F- uh, Fouchot might maybe get a chance, but he's the only one probably, and he, he might not even end up getting any snaps, but there was, I thought he was one that would come in right away this year I did, for whatever I did reason. Too. I, I thought him and I thought uh, was Dante Hunter. Yeah, the other defensive end. I thought, yeah. he, mm-hmm. I thought he might get a look too, but he hasn't. Especially, so, yeah, especially with the injuries in the middle of the line with, I mean, Neil obviously and then Watts recently. But, I mean, we're getting to the point where there's only okay, there's five games left after this week. Anybody who hasn't played can play the last four games as much play the whole game and still redshirt. I mean. I'm not sure how that works out with the bowl. If Purdue, oh, that's true. I don't know if the bowl counts um, or not. Maybe they just couldn't play in a bowl. I, I don't know. But, Probably. That'd be my but guess. It's interesting also to look at 2019, the playing time of true freshmen compared to 18 and 17. Uh, true freshmen played this year so far has been 12, so that's 55 games by true freshmen for 1,915 snaps. Most active true freshman was Karloftis, of course, seven games, 472 snaps. Last year, we had nine true freshmen play for a total of 40 games and 1,028 snaps. Most active was Rondell Moore, who played all 13 games and 753 snaps. 2017, Brahms first year, we only played four true freshmen, so a total of 18 games, 108 snaps. And the most active was Derek Barnes, who played eight games for 74 snaps. So... Hmm. Pretty interesting numbers there, I thought. I'd be interested to know how many total snaps. So, like, how many snaps has Karloftis been off? I can't imagine there are very many. No. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty small yeah, number. he's played quite a bit. I, if, if any, like, I, I can't imagine him being off the field very very much at all. No, I mean, I mean, heck, last year it was, uh, it was uh, Marcus Bailey. was hardly ever <laughs> off the field, and... Cornell Jones and who am I missing? The other linebacker. Derek Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, they all three were on the field mm-hmm. majority of the time last year. They were all three like top twenty in the nation and in, in uh, snaps for linebackers or something ridiculous. So uh, I gotta think. I gotta think Ben Holt and Carl Loftus are up there, and probably Jalen Graham. I mean, he's played uh, just a few snaps behind George for the year. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
one other bit of uh, recruiting news, but this is on the hardwood, not the not the football field, uh, which we're, 13 we're days. only 13 days away. <laughs> Go check out the Glenn Robinson highlight video from 1994 <laughs> from YouTube on our Twitter account, at Boiler Break Pod. We're on our Facebook page, which you need to give a like if you don't. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like I said, at Boiler Break Pod. Um, big dog man, I wish I could have grew up and <laughs> seen him play. No kidding. Uh, Webby, you... They may be older, though, and I don't want to be older. That's true. So. <laughs> that's true. We're already getting close to kind of rounding towards that 30 number anyways, which is scary itself. And the listeners are probably laughing at us right now saying that. <laughs> but, uh, Webby, why don't you uh, break down what's going on in basketball recruiting? Yeah. Um, a name that kind of came out of nowhere really in the last, what, couple weeks maybe? Is it, has it been weeks or has yeah, it been Yeah, we've talked about, I think, the last two podcasts a little yeah. bit. Um, really, I mean, after the whole Hunter Dickinson, um, just kind of a shocking, abrupt ending to it, uh, which I'm still a little pissed off about, but whatever, I'm not bitter. <laughs> um, we thought we were done with the 2020 uh, recruiting class, you know, banking it for 2021, um, which has a lot of really good players, especially from the state of Indiana. Uh, name surfaced uh, by the name of Zach Eady, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Who is from Canada, or as Michael Scott calls it, Canada? <laughs> um, but he plays at the IMG Academy down in Florida. Actually, a kid who hasn't played basketball really all that long, um, but a, a behemoth of a of a person, seven three two eighty five. So very much like an Isaac Haas type of body. I think, I think Isaac Haas was was three bills at that point. I'm not really sure, um, but he. Uh, I mean, I feel like when Painter. Target's a guy I trust him that he sees something. This kid's definitely more of a project rather than a come in and play right away. Which, assuming uh, you know Matt Harms comes back and everybody comes back, you know he'll be still be behind Harms and uh, Trayvon Williams. But he uh, came for the official visit last week during the fan day scrimmage. Uh, apparently got along really really well with the players. Um, felt like he fit in uh, pretty well with everyone, and he's got a final three of us Baylor and Santa Clara which Santa Clara is kind of a surprise stay one there stay away but Steve Nash no getting him is, uh, uh, yeah. I didn't know that okay. Can- Canadian ties yeah that makes Santa okay Clara. that yeah, makes yeah, that yeah, makes, makes more sense. sense I was thinking like man it's gonna be like perfect weather right I mean that's a- yeah, uh, <laughs> Maybe that uh, might have nothing to do with it. I just kind of put two new together. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I, mean, I, forgot, I forgot he played there. If he's from Canada, I mean, Nash, I'm assuming Canadian hero. Oh, <laughs> heck, I mean, yeah. How many? How many Canadian bas- basketball players? Yeah, how many Canadian basketball players do you name? Know? R.J. Barrett. Vince Carter? No, I know Vince Carter. <laughs> Basically, he was a hero when he played. Yeah. There, so. Yeah. Um, I think one to watch out for is Baylor. They've been on him for a long time. Um, they've got a big guy committed already in uh, Zach Loveday, a guy that uh, Purdue recruited for a little bit. Um, but apparently they're telling him that he could probably play the four and Edie could play the five. We'll see. But uh, it seems like Purdue's got a pretty good shot here. And, I mean, it's one of those guys, if you can take him, why not? I mean, you, no, you can't teach 7-3. But that, that's my and point, he, though. I mean, why, why does Purdue seem so stupid? Or trying so hard to get a big guy for twenty. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of just thinking about this now. I wonder if it's I can't remember his name. The junior from Fort Wayne. Um, he's like a high four star. Okay. Oh, yeah, Caleb first. first, who's kind of like a six nine, like power forward. Not really like a stretch. I mean, he's kind of a stretch forward, but not really. Maybe not athletic enough to be like a three. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of more like a Swanigan, where like he's kind of short for the five, but kind of has to play the five. I wonder if there's some of yeah. it is that he. Like Boudreau. I, I wonder if it's kind of that he doesn't want to play the five, and this is more so. I mean, I know he's he's been to Purdue a lot. I'm wondering if this is Painter. Like, obviously, like yeah, I really likes Edie. I'm sure if it's more so also to say, hey, look, like we are stacked at the five. Like we don't need you at the five. We would definitely give you the chance to play the four, like we did with Biggie, because I think yeah, killed for yeah, he's six nine. Uh, I I thought I read somewhere that Caleb first isn't like really high on us anymore. Like he's kind of oh well, that was that was some that was I saw that Twitter thing where guys were like oh yeah definitely IU and Virginia or something was it that yeah. cranky Hoosier guy I, I got Twitter beat. <laughs> <laughs> I am oh, I, just, I hope IU loses every game and we beat them. 
Yeah, but I read somewhere. I think it was something. It was a Brian. From I the, saw. He might have mentioned that. It I was think, like Corey. I, I, I think wonder. It was like Corey thinking, Evans or something. At yeah, Corey. I think. I think. I'm wondering if either him or people in his corner just aren't high on Purdue. I don't know for whatever reason. Even though Purdue's got great ties to the Fort Wayne he area, he sure has visited Purdue um, a lot. Yeah, I don't know, but I think I think it's one of those things where. I mean, yeah, the 2021 class is stacked, but, I mean, a lot of good players, so there's going to be a lot of good teams in there, and you don't know. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, we thought we were in a great spot with Dickinson, and then all of a sudden it was just nothing. went from, you know, good spot to absolutely nothing. I bet he goes to Michigan, and it's going to really piss me off. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it's I mean, it's interesting. I don't know, because I think it's one of those things where, I mean, there's a potential for Harms to jump. But I don't think Harms is a player like that. I don't think – I mean, if you listen to uh, – he – Harms uh, was on Query and Schultz uh, when they were at Mackey the other day, which was a great uh, – couple of segments. Awesome. Go listen yeah, to I, yeah, listen to it. An iHeartRadio app, you can do that. Um, Query and Schultz are, are a great show. Yeah, a lot better than some other indie uh, radio <laughs> personalities. Who's not on the radio <laughs> Might currently. be suspended. <laughs> um, but they always give pretty love for being two IU grads, so props to them. But – um, they asked him if you know he if he looks at you know NBA stuff. And he goes, not at all. It's not important to me right now. I mean, obviously it's a dream, but he wants to help pretty win. So I wonder if he's kind of those guys where because he didn't even go through the draft process either, which is weird. Like I mean, no gel went through as a freshman. Granted, I mean people laughed at him, but it's like hey, the opportunity's there. Mm-hmm. Why not take it? But yeah, I just feel like Harms isn't the guy who's gonna. I feel like he's. I mean, Grant he also is, but he is set to graduate after this year, so it could be. Something, but I mean, he could, like I said, he you could go back home to Europe and start playing right away, and making money. But yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, yeah, cause I, that was always in my back of my mind was the, uh, I don't know, the chance of him leaving early harms until I heard mm-hmm. that interview. And I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe it sounds like he likes. I think I'm worried about Nogel leaving early. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, that'd be know. another good problem to have. That'd be a good it problem would, to have. But, do tw- next next year. I know it's we haven't even started this year, but my God, next year I'm so excited for it. If everything stays in place, but I'm so also, excited for it. <laughs> maybe and Painter was asked about this guy during his portion of an interview. Maybe Emmanuel Duana just isn't what they thought because Painter said he's pretty much not ready to even contribute yet. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they just he's still so raw. They want another big guy, and like you said, Evan, you can't teach seven three. You just can't. No. Even if you're but also, three, I mean, Edie's kind of in the same boat. He hasn't been playing basketball. This kid played hockey. <laughs> I do not want to get on the ice with a 7-3. Well, because he's so slow on skates, though. But, I mean, okay, <laughs> if you're 7-3 on, and shoes or barefoot, you put skates on, he's like 8 foot tall. <laughs> I think he played another sport too, besides like it was some kneecaps. He played another sport too. I don't know if it was baseball, soccer I said baseball or something. Well. He'd, he'd be a hell of a goalie in hockey or soccer. God, oh just God. <laughs> wouldn't have to move. I thought I thought Chara was big for the like Bruins, assuming he's still on the. What was it? That walrus Bruins, on the but, Geico commercials? Yeah. That was the hockey goalie. That's what he'd be like. Yeah. Oh God, he couldn't get the puck around him, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Purdue can land a big guy for 2020 because this is their yeah. final chance. Yeah. But he's kind of a project, too. So that whole thing about Dewone, yeah. it's like, I mean, do you need – that's what some of the people are questioning is do we really need two big pro, like two big uh, bigs projects because it's – we're kind of to a point now where – because it used to be kind of be Painter's thing where we'd bring in a big guy and he'd kind of be a project unless you were like a biggie swan again. Or, I mean, even A.J. Hammonds was kind of a project. I mean, yeah, he played right away, but he was he still had the – work on it but we're kind of at the point now where we can probably get some of those guys so we thought that we're kind of ready to play right away but we'll see sure. i mean like i said i wouldn't mind another seven three person kind of just become a start manufacturing like crazy seven three guy you gotta think his floor is still higher than a lot of average ncaa player ceilings just being seven three yeah. you can do stuff other players can't i mean you saw yeah. you saw hey. it with haas i mean if he can make free throws i mean he just even if he can't make free throws okay he just he just gets like he just accumulates fouls on the other team. Yeah, yeah so he's good for six yeah, fouls I mean, a game. If you can make draws attention, uh-huh. draws attention being that big. Like Haas got so good toward his junior and senior year of just getting positioning, and then okay, yeah, and then he just got hammered, and he, I mean he improved on his free throws and it could did pretty well for a seven foot two guy for free throws. Uh, yep, they broke his damn yeah. elbow. But I mean, yeah, it just takes takes so much attention on the defense. Now we got this stupid hook and hold call. Yeah. <laughs> It's so dumb. I'm already getting mad about it. And basketball's 13 days away, and I'm, I know I'm just going to get furious against Green Bay or Texas when we get called for it. 
<laughs> uh, any other thoughts on recruit recruiting news at all? Uh, no, I think it's his his uh timetables pretty much any day. I mean, like it could be any day now. It says that he's he's taking all the visits. I know Painter and Lutz went to go visit him uh, this week. So early, uh, early signing day is like November thirteenth or something. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Which I just want to get the two guys we have committed now signed, so I can stop worrying about it. They're not had nightmares. They're not of, going anywhere. I know. I know. Football signing is in December. Yeah, it's like, like two months. Yeah, I think it's one of those. Yeah. That one always worries me, but mm-hmm. yeah, just coaching rumors going around and all that jazz. But sheer numbers, and then you get other teams turn around, and then when hey, you never know, like LSU or Florida calls. Yeah, football and, recruiting yeah. is. A, Interesting little beast. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different world from basketball. There's so. a question kind of on that. Has Brown lost anybody on, like, signing day? I feel like in years past, Purdue always lost a couple. I can't remember anybody from Brown's last two classes. That got picked I off. Don't I don't think so. think so. Not going to win. I mean, like, I last year or two years ago, I mean, we picked up a couple surprising ones. Wasn't that line? Yeah. Khalil I Saunders, I think he was I think it would have been yeah. – it would have been – if it would have been any year, it would have been like his mm-hmm. first year, like right when he right right when he came in, we were signing that that first class because I mean, who knows? That was yeah, the holdovers from Hazel. Yeah, holdovers. I'm just from wondering, Hazel, like the surprise, the guys that go into signing day committed and then like, oh, never mind, sign elsewhere. I can't think of anybody, but I can't. Mm-hmm. But prior coaching coaches, it seemed like it always happened, but not not so much recently, which is good. Good question, though. I'm not sure. <clears throat> yeah. yeah neither. I just thought of it. You made me think about yeah. Webby. You ready to pick some games? Let's do we it. We actually have some good games this week to pick from, like in conference and out of conference, so these should be fun. Starting off with the battle for the cannon, Illinois and Purdue. Nooner, uh, I think it's Big Ten Network. Uh, yep. Purdue's nine-point favorite. I think we covered. Yeah, I think Purdue by 17. Uh, score. Oh, um... We'll say uh, 31-14. Keep it simple, 35-21. See, I want to go really high, but I'm a little afraid to because of the forecast. But I'm going to do it yeah. anyways because this is my <laughs> score prediction always. I'm going 41-23, Purdue. Okay. Yep. I just I, – I like it. I think we can really score on this Illinois defense. And if it is, if they, if it is wet – Hopefully Deru and Fuller and Hewitt and whoever can't ready to run. Can't be worse than what was it? It was the NFL game, the Redskins and 49ers or something. Oh, yeah. 49ers, and, yeah. Yeah, oh, my know. gosh. That was hilarious to watch. Yeah, number 13, Wisconsin at number three, Ohio State. This is the Fox Big Noon game, which Purdue and Nebraska will be next week. <laughs> uh, Fox has changed their marketing. To, their main game is at noon this year instead of night games. I don't know if it's working for them or not. No idea. But Ohio State is a 14-and-a-half point favorite. Oh, boy. I think Ohio State wins, but I don't think they cover. I think Wisconsin comes out uh, angry. And I, I I don't know. I've always thought – I've thought this Wisconsin team was really good. And then, I don't know, after last week. I think, I think Ohio State's covered. They're freaking good. I don't know. I think it's close. <laughs> they are so I good. I think it's close. <laughs> I agree with Evan. I, I think Ohio State might be the best team in the country. Man, I seem to watch them every week. I'm just like, I know they usually slip up to somebody they shouldn't. I don't see it this year, though. Not I mean, at home. In, in the Wisconsin, the if they, okay, if they flipped up Wisconsin, would that really be a slip up? No, no, no I don't think so. I'm, I'm just saying they're not going to slip up against a, you know, like Purdue last year or Iowa before. I just don't see that this year. But. I don't have a line on this game, uh, but earlier this week it was, it was Liberty. Liberty <laughs> I've was got, I've got it, I've got it. <laughs> it's, I still have a seven point spread here. Awesome. Liberty seven. They're paying them. Boom. Yeah, seven. seven. They're paying them. I'm gonna look it up. How much they're paying? Uh, what is it? Yeah, Liberty's getting a million dollars to play at Rutgers, and they're favored by seven. How much you freeze? Oh my god! He's gonna gosh. get a million dollars and a win, and he covers because Rutgers sucks. 
<laughs> I'm going to censor myself. I could just go off. How? I can't stand them. Wish they were out of the Big Ten. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't gosh. Really getting them. A million How? dollars. And they're probably... Uh. And Rutgers football team just has to, I mean, even with all the Big Ten money, has to just lose money. They're paying teams a million dollars to come lose. Like, how many people are going to go to this game and just scat away? Parents. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Where is Liberty even at? I don't even know. New so York? Near D.C. Sounds like it should be in New York. That'd be my guess. Or Philly. I don't know. Uh, let me see. A quick Google. They're from Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, oh. The Liberty Flames. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Liberty, yeah. I, I think Hugh Freeze, he's a good coach. Yeah. I mean, he's shady as hell, but he's a good coach. That's, that's pretty sad. <laughs> is, he, is he still coaching from a hospital bed? Well, even if he does, he's still better than anything Rutgers <laughs> has on the field. So. God, yeah. ah, whatever. Uh, number 20, Iowa at 1-5 Northwestern. Is that the biggest shock in the Big Ten? Yeah, I had a Yes, lot. yes. Pat Fitzgerald's probably going to go off about some sort of technology <laughs> post-game presser. Iowa's 10.5-point favorites. On do, you the think he, do you think they watch film with like a like a Old school slide, like a slide, Like a slideshow, like yeah. he has to actually input the slides in? Yeah. I... I you know, I've always liked Fitzgerald, but he's getting on my nerves this year. Same. Yeah, I liked him until this year, and then he's just being really yeah. annoying. Uh, Iowa covers. I, Northwestern can't score, which actually, I, Iowa really can't score that much either, but I think it's going to be a – I think, yeah, probably a two-touchdown. Yeah, game. I think it's like 17-3 to three, Iowa. I agree. I just <laughs> – Northwestern's not going to go bowling this year unless they really turn it around. So. And that's about win out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Number six, Penn State, a six-point favorite at Michigan State. I'm surprised it's only six. Michigan State's four and three. Michigan State's got a good defense, but I like the Nittany Lions to cover. I like yeah, this Penn yeah, State. Yeah, they cover mm-hmm. pretty. I like I like Penn easily. State. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty solid. This game makes me want to throw up. Got, uh, <laughs> Maryland, three and four at number seventeen, seven and zero, oh, undefeated. Minnesota, and they're sixteen and a half point favorites. <laughs> I think they cover. Uh, number seventeen. No. Maryland's not good, as we saw. <laughs> and they're gonna win. They're gonna cover. If Penn State wins, they probably host game day for the first time next. Tanner, year. Uh, Tanner, I feel like you're. Uh... Dude, there's an outside chance they can make the playoffs. I, I, okay? I can't live in a world where PJ Fleck uh, makes the damn playoff. I can't do well, it. Well, then he's 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 out of the Big Ten next year though, because there's no way in hell he's coming back. Going to Tennessee. He's getting. Tennessee. Yeah. Or UCLA. Pruitt's still going to get something out of those boys. But maybe UCLA, but I can't stand the guy. I agree. I just, I'm so glad Purdue didn't get him. I know I say that every week, but I have Minnesota winning and covering because I just don't think Maryland's very good. Agreed. Yeah, I think so as well. Hey, here you go, Tanner. If you want if you want to feel good about it, at least Minnesota, They let's see, they go to Penn State next week? No, they host Oh, them. damn it. Yep, <laughs> I know. It's, that's why I'm saying it could be their first game day ever. I was I was really hoping that they were gonna go to. It's actually in two weeks. I apologize. Oh. So no, they play... that actually might not be game day. Cause let me check. Uh, is that the same day? Nope, that's not game day. That's the same day as LSU Alabama. We're safe. <laughs> we're safe. We're safe. Well, There's no way. I was here. I was still hoping it was gonna be like at Penn State, be a whiteout, and they were just gonna get blasted. I did their wide out against Michigan. So what? Game. They could do it again. <laughs> Another game that makes me absolutely want to puke. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> IU has football fans somehow. Uh, <laughs> must be must have a heck of a reversible jacket to have IU football and Notre Dame football on the same one. But uh, well, oh, oh, I mean, Notre Dame usually each. plays at three thirty, so they can watch both. So on NBC, so yeah, they get both games. You have Indiana five and two. I just threw up. A little bit, but <laughs> Congratulations for beating Ball State, UConn, Eastern Illinois, Mich- uh, Maryland, and Rutgers. I mean, what is, awesome uh, those, Eastern, Eastern Illinois? Who? Let's. Last time I checked, let's uh, double check. I don't think they won Eastern a game. Illinois, who is? Um. It's, uh, yeah, they're oh, and eight. In. Ball State's <laughs> actually a decent team this year. Ball State yeah, has. Ball State's not so bad. Of, I thought, what was it like? Of the teams that I use beaten they have a combined like five wins and ball state has like four of them or something like it's a little higher five but it's pretty darn close i think it's like eight okay 
Yeah. Must have got. Ball State must have got Nebraska. Four and three and banged up, and Nebraska's only a two and a half point favorite, which that rose because yesterday it was a one. So that rose a two and a half. I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised. I thought IU was. Yeah, I thought IU was. I'm favorite. honestly kind of yeah, exactly. That's what I'm at. up as one point favorites. So I'm kind of surprised that Nebraska's favored. I used <clears throat> hasn't won a road game in a stadium like Nebraska in centuries. Is, Mar- is Martinez gonna play? Did he play last week? I don't, uh, he didn't play last. Is Penix gonna play? I think that's the real question. Is is for IU? Is if Penix plays, I like their chances. But uh, is Penix hurt? I mean, he played well, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play. Concussion protocol. Yeah, he he because uh, He's what's his face? Ramsey played. And oh man, Nebraska. Martinez questionable with a knee. Uh, Maurice Washington's out. He's not. He's did something bad. I don't know. But the interesting thing is, uh, Wondell Robinson's not on the injury report at all. Hmm. Which he hurt his foot just two weeks ago and was in a boot. Hmm. So I'm taking Nebraska because I just can't. I don't like the thought of IU clinching a bowl game on October 26th. I mean, IU, IU still. Like, uh, I mean, okay, they have they host Northwestern on November 2nd. I, I know, I know. I mean. Come on, Nebraska, Northwestern. It's November before they clinch it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, get through. If if they somehow could lose the next two games, mm-hmm. Penn State, Michigan, Purdue. I mean, I don't see I Penn State or Michigan. I know. So. <laughs> I know. That's the only thing How I can would hope for. And if I am going out. after Cranky Hoosier. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, and the rest of those idiots commented on there. So. Yeah. Uh, then you got the primetime Big Ten game, a non-conference rivalry. Number eight, Notre Dame. One point favorite at number nineteen, Michigan. Uh, I'm surprised it's it's that low. I thought Notre Dame would be favored a little bit more. Michigan at opened Michigan. up as a point favorite and it's flopped. I'm, flopped. I, I think Notre Dame wins by a touchdown. Yeah, I think yeah. At Jimmy least, yeah. Game. I think the Irish win, and then you got to start thinking. I mean, they got to win out to have a chance of playoff. Even as a one loss team, I don't think, I don't they, think will. they get in. No, I mean I don't, unless there's like unless like someone like LSU loses two times. Georgia's got to lose again. Uh, well, you got to think. I think, I think Georgia's LSU, gone. Alabama I think Georgia's plays each other. Penn State, Ohio true. State play each other. Need Oklahoma to go undefeated. Clemson to go undefeated. Because if one of those two teams slip up, then it's like yeah. it could really happen. But this this is I really Notre Dame's last yeah. big test. Because Stanford's not good this year. Virginia Tech no. could get them, but it's at Notre Dame. Um, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a toss-up game, but touchdown. I think Notre Dame will get it, win a tight game, even though Michigan played well late at Penn State. I mean, they got dug themselves in the hole and darn near crawled out of it. Probably should have at least forced overtime if that kid didn't yeah. drop the wide-open touchdown in the end zone. So, yep. uh, Let's see. Let's look around the top 25, see if we got anything here. Uh Got Oklahoma State, who's four and three. They're at newly ranked number twenty-three, five and two. Iowa State. They started off the year ranked, fell out, but now they're back in the rankings. And Iowa State is a ten and a half point favorite. Wow. Hmm. I like Iowa State, but I think uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think Oklahoma State keeps it closer than ten and a half. Yeah, I'm with you, ten. Big 12 is always hard to guess. You just never know. They, yeah. they all put up tons of points mm-hmm. except TCU. Yeah, I don't I don't know that much about Iowa State. Other than that, they always play Iowa close every year. That's about all I know. Number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. LSU is a 10.5-point favorite. This should be a good wow. one. But I love yeah. Joe Burrow and LSU's offense, yeah, and I think, LSU's, I think they cover them mm-hmm. Yeah, LSU's good. Joe Burrow, second biggest forehead in Peyton Manning. <laughs> Hey, got a good big forehead. You're using good. I know exactly. You know it could could be worse. Uh, Number fifteen, Texas, one point favorite at three and three TCU. A one point favorite. I don't know why, but give me the Horn Frogs. Yeah, because they beat Purdue. Yeah, give me the Frogs. Texas darn near lost to uh, to Kansas. TCU coming in on two game losing streak at uh, some tough ones. I don't know. I think Texas. I like Texas. All right, gotta be different. I know. I do. You know. 
Make myself look smarter. Arkansas, who's two and five, at <coughs> number one, seven and zero, Alabama without Tua, but Alabama's still a thirty-two and a half point favorite. Uh, I forgot Tua's not playing. Okay, uh, they're still he had gonna surgery. Yeah, surgery for a sprained ankle. Yeah. What? He had surgery for a sprained ankle already. Wow. You get, I, I'm, ass, I'm assuming whoever Alabama's backup quarterback is has probably played quite a bit just because they're typically beating like well, New Mexico State. He looked State. weird last week because I'm just used to seeing a lefty yeah. short, short yeah. two out there, and it is. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming who is it? Is it? Uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting it up here. Um, I'm just looking at Mac, Mac Jones is his name. Okay, so they've got on their roster. I just pulled up there. Oh my god! Wait, wait a minute. This, Mac Jones, number 10. Oh, my. Okay. Is Tua's brother a quarterback on the team, too? Is a true freshman? I got to think if he has that last name, he's related somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not, just. It's not like a last I, name like Lee. No, I, no. I pulled up the roster, and I was like, wait a minute. It says Tua's a, a freshman. I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's a different. That's a Tawalua. Tauluya. I don't know. Tauluya. Some yeah, keep trying, uh, keep their their quarterbacks are four freshmen, a sophomore, and two a junior. So I mean, yeah, Mac. So. <laughs> I'm taking Alabama. They don't cover though. Nope. Uh, give me the Titan. They cover. I think Arkansas terrible. I think they cover. I think you got to think. Oh, yeah, man. talent. Got number twenty four Arizona State. Herm Edwards five and two at two and five UCLA. So a battle of two former NFL coaches. How is Chip Kelly's a bad football coach again? At because his offense has just passed him by. <laughs> yeah. Give me uh, Herman yep. the boys State to cover it. on yeah, the road. Yeah, they cover. Yeah. Yep. We got California, who's four and three. Remember at one time when they were four and zero oh and ranked like fifteenth? <laughs> They're at number nope. twelve, Utah, who's six and one. Utah's a twenty-one point favorite. Whoa. Give me the Utes. Uh, I don't think they cover. I know the California fans probably want revenge on Utah for Alex Smith being the number one draft pick when Rodgers slipped, but look at Rodgers' career. He's ended up okay. Uh, give me the Utes, but they don't cover. Can't pay against the Utes. That's like a weekly thing on here. Tanner, nope. second favorite team. Yeah, they just might be. Uh, actually, say anybody who plays Notre Dame but um, or Indiana. Yeah, I was just saying Nebraska this week. Uh, the late Pac-12 at Dart. Game you got four and three Washington State at number eleven six and one Oregon Oregon's a fourteen point favorite. Oh, I really want Mike Leach and the boys to pull yeah, out. Yeah, I really but... want to pick Leach. I know I do too because it seems like a game he could get because nobody's expecting. But I'm going yeah. with Oregon. But I'm going to say they don't cover the fourteen point spread, even though they're really good. Yeah, I'm going to say Oregon and they do cover. Yeah, I'm going to say Oregon, but they don't cover. I'm with you, Tim. Yep, yep. Oregon's, uh, ever since they lost to Auburn week one, they've looked really good. So, and they were down 14 at Washington last week, and Herbert got it going and pulled out the victory. So, that was, that was pretty impressive. So, uh, that's That'll do it for our uh, week nine. Yeah, you missed one. Um, you missed one. I did. What did I miss? Oklahoma. Oh, they play at Kansas State, don't they? Like, yeah. And they're like 23 and a half point favorites. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. Jalen Hurts might be might be my second favorite football player behind anybody play who plays Alabama for Purdue. Playoff so bad. Yeah, so bad. I like how the way they're that they had a little special on him on game day last week. It was a really good interview, and I just like the way how he, he kind of handled that whole he's situation at Alabama. And, so, yeah, he's pretty a motivated cool. dude. He's I I liked him to win, but for some reason I'll say Kansas State covers. I don't know why, but. No, you know, I think Hurts, yeah. Blows him out of the water. Jalen Hurts just dominates and furthers his Heisman candidate portfolio. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now we're done with our Week 9 predictions. Unless I forgot any other games. Thank you. Does Clemson play this week? Are they, yeah, they play Boston College. I skipped that game, though. No. <laughs> I mean, do we really have to pick Clemson games from here on out because they play nobody? That's, I don't, I'm not a believer in Clemson as much. I think Trevor Lawrence was. is taking a big step backwards this year. Um, I'm wondering if, because I was watching part of their game, and he made some really interesting throws where it just wasn't very good, and the commentators were like, well, usually like if, if you know that coverage, you know not to do that. So it's almost like they were like they were kind of wondering if like maybe he just wasn't preparing like he should be. I mean, I could 
I mean, who knows? You know, when I was as a freshman, maybe you kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit. You kind of get a little full of yourself. But praise him. I mean, he was my Heisman <laughs> prediction in preseason. Yeah. So everybody was praising him. Um, but uh, any other closing thoughts? Um. Please win. <laughs> Keep the cannon where it belongs in West Lafayette. Are we gonna? Is this the week where you see some trick plays? I feel like it's been a little, little. Under. It's been forever. Yeah, it's I haven't had many. In the rain, I doubt it. I feel I like we haven't tried one since uh, Plummer threw the interception against TCU. That slow flea flicker that fooled nobody. Cactus Jack. <laughs> I gotta get used to calling him Cactus Jack. Um, I think I think we I think I think the basketball team has their secret and air quote scrimmage this week against Providence. So we'll look for results. stats stats and video probably coming from that secret scrimmage because no one. But we'll all act like it is. Yeah, we'll yeah. be we'll be calling it's Matt Harms a lottery pick after that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. I'm all about it. But uh, we want to thank yeah. uh, Shroff Landscaping for being the sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown like they are every week. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. Uh, like us on Facebook, Facebook page. And uh, what are your guys' Twitter handles if <sighs> the Tanner. Boiler Breakdown Nation wants to follow <laughs> us? Uh, Twitter handle is ET underscore web. He tweets a lot about music retweet. and Purdue yeah. and the Bears. So, or Not so much the Bears, Bears right now. I'm kind of, we're, kind of, we're kind of having a, a little fight right now. Mm-hmm. And mine, I got it up this time. It's A Eiler three. I, I don't tweet like at all, but I'll retweet a lot of Reds and Purdue stuff. So. There you go. I'm sure we got some knuckleheads out there that are Reds and Purdue fans. And not a whole lot going I'm on. At, but. I'm at the underscore T underscore Lee, and I tweet a lot about sports in general, especially Purdue and the Denver Broncos, who are god awful and going to get killed by the Colts on Sunday. So, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> are you going to that game? I am. So okay. unfortunately, but. Uh, we're, we're in rebuild mode. That's what I'm saying. I'm sticking to it. So, uh, But, nope. Other than that, I don't have anything except uh, boiler up, hammer down, beat the fighting line and keep that cannon. Sure. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, boiler up, hammer down.